Hello, interdimensional listeners. I'm here in the feed with a few announcements about the show. First off, we only have one more episode of season one left. If you haven't seen our Twitter, at OtherwarePod, you might not be aware that Feedback and Cat are finishing up their interdimensional travels as they explore other forms of heroing and will be in just some more season one post content in order to say goodbye. We wish their players, Tom and Allison, all the best. What if someone told you there isn't just one world? What if they told you that your reality isn't the only one? What if they said that there are infinite realities, infinite Earths, infinite versions of yourself, all just a little bit different? What if they gave you the chance to explore them all? Welcome to Otherware. And welcome to our heroes. Feedback, a.k.a. Aaron Riley, former supervillain and social media celebrity, drifts in from Rancho Paseo Prime, where he's trying to step out from under his own shadow and forge a new future. Juniper Juni Haraway, an inexperienced sorceress with explosive magic, drifts in from Rancho Paseo Prime, where the loss of her grandfather and his magical expertise makes spell-slinging as the superhero mystic all the more challenging. Catherine Cat Slane II, a seasoned dimension traveler and daughter of the supervillain Transition, drifts in from Dimension 78341, Arcadia, an apocalyptic world being overtaken by supervillains. Phantom, formerly Noah Wilson, the ghost-like dimensional traveler, drifts in from Dimension 16209, a beautiful nature's paradise that evolved from a terrible world disaster. Quintessential hero. The naturally blue-haired, not a protagonist, drifts in from Rancho Paseo Prime, a world where he's trying to live a normal life surrounded by far too many heroes, villains, and expectations. Rainy Woodrose Sunrise, a corporate-created hero, drifts in from World 60910, where superheroics are televised, sponsored, and largely risk-free. Hey everyone, Eric here from the Editing Bay. Wanted to give you a heads up that after our credits and outro, there will be a bit of a bonus after credit scene. And now on to the show. A glowing ribbon of white light glows against a velvet black background. It curves, undulates in soft waves, bright in the center, pale and fuzzy at the edges. Come closer. Focus on the brilliant center of the ribbon. Closer. Colors begin to emerge to distinguish themselves from the white light. Hints at first, flickers in the peripheral vision. Closer still. The colors are stronger now. Lines of them, smaller ribbons, all twisting together, winding over and around each other, their individual hues visible, but still blending together, still shading into white. Closer and through. The sky is still cloudless, still a blue so pale as to be almost white. The city is still the gray and brown color of concrete, asphalt, and dead grass. 
The vast tracts of identical houses, single-story strip malls, and occasional emerald green of golf courses remain the same. But for the six teens who materialize abruptly on the wilting lawn of the cemetery, everything has changed. Rancho Paseo, prime, despite being home to many of them, has become just another strange new dimension. To set the stage, y'all have appeared again in the graveyard where this whole thing started the first place. Uh, in fact, right on top of the same grave that you started on, which the, the gravestone is now like split into with a nice zigzag crack. It looks really good. And above you in the air is a hovering dark monk character person with a big robe and Cat's mom. They are going at it really intensely. Should we do something about that? Should we just go? Are we capable of doing something about that? Because, um, I mean, transition, yeah, we kicked her ass once, but I don't know if we could take that guy. It's never stopped us before. Does leaving count as doing something about it? Technically, yes. I don't have a good feeling about this. So as uh, you guys are having this conversation, it's very clear that the two people fighting overhead, their attention is completely occupied with one another and they're like zero interest in anything going on around them. The monk is, as usual, not saying anything. Transition seems to be calling out insults and various witty remarks that villains do. But they, again, they're not interested in you guys at all. All right. Yeah, no, we should clear out while we can and maybe call someone. Agus or something? I don't know. What's the bystander situation going on? There's actually nobody there. You're in a graveyard in the middle of like a weekday. So, I mean, maybe there's a, a groundskeeper somewhere over in his little golf cart who is staying way the hell away. Though as you're having this conversation, this is very bright and flashy. The uh, Since the sky has gotten all cloudy, there's a lot of like lightning bolt things shooting through the sky. So this is pretty, some, somebody's going to notice this before too long. This isn't our responsibility. We can just go. We can just leave. All right. We can't just leave in case something happens and someone needs help. Is that coming from you, Quinn? If you're saying that, then my God, I... I mean, I'm not saying do anything yet, but just in case we have to. I think Quinn's got a point. And this is Prime, right? We're, we're finally back in Prime. Yeah, for the first time in what feels like months, we're back on home turf. All right, let's retreat out of our graveyard. Now, if we get into the middle of this, honestly, we're just going to get ourselves killed. Um, find a good position, wait, observe. I'm sure heroes will be on their way any minute now. Speaking of, as you say that, there is a greeny, goldy blur that zips past you and then starts making a very flash-like circle on the ground below the thing up in the sky, but that doesn't seem to have any effect. So then that blur stops in front of you. I don't think that helped any, just so you're aware. Yeah, I know. Just testing the ground out. Who are you? No one you need to be worried about. That doesn't really matter. I kind of do. Um, she she taps her little badge. She has a, one of the official Aegis uniforms on. Uh, kind of in charge here. We're bystanders. Okay, then you probably need to back up. This is going to be hero invention any minute. 
We were we were working on that. Now to work. You just put one foot in front of the other. That's all you have to do. It's really okay. I promise. <laughs> okay, I kind of like her. Uh, I'm only kind of a bystander, so I'll stick around in case you need me. She looks at you. Uh, hey, you're quintessential. I know you. Yeah, everyone does. Sure. Okay. You're so well known. No, he just gets in trouble a lot, and we get told not to be like him. It's really kind of insulting, honestly. Sounds yeah. about right. Doing my reputation <laughs> precedes me. Anyway, I have. And uh, she, what she's doing by zooming around is basically creating a barrier that people can't get inside of to get underneath these dudes. Uh, I think Kat's gonna put a hand on Phantom's shoulder and start walking away <laughs> to find a better vantage point. Yeah, let's go. I think Phantom will follow, but like look back at the grave and kind of frown, but then keep going. Yeah, I'm going with, I'm I'm getting out of the way too. Okay. So you guys are just moving kind of back a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, we're moving back. Quinn's finding somewhere to sit down. Just watch what's going on. I love it. Very good heroes. Um, (laughs) How about the rest of you all? Are you uh, staying? I'm staying with the team right now. No, Rain is also uh, backing off. Got it. So you guys are just kind of retreating to a safe distance to watch what happens. What happens is that Vanguard flies in and lands in the middle of the zooming circle and looks up. And then how far away are you guys? Not too far. Somewhere where we can still respond if we need to. Got it. Then you're able to overhear as the the person who hasn't identified herself stops. And they have a few minutes, a few seconds back and forth about this is a thing. This is a thing. Here's what I'm going to do. The one thing that matters about this conversation is that she's wearing, her her uniform is clearly lower in rank than Vanguard, but she's taking no shit. She's, she's very clearly in charge of her own self and knows what she's doing and is not going to like back down because he's a big name hero. He doesn't try to push push her around or anything because he's a good dude, but yeah. Yeah, no, he's definitely in a more collaborative headspace and he, if I may. Please. uh, He looks up. The weather report didn't say anything about thunderstorms today in beautiful sunny Rancho Paseo. It also didn't call for a supervillain fight, so I'm going to have to ask you folks to stand down. Gamma is rolling her eyes rather expressively, but (laughs) I mean... Cattle girl. The people fighting above five take there's one second pause of the, the zapping of lightning. Both people as one look down, look at Vanguard, look back up, look at one another, and then the voiceless, they are suddenly enveloped in like this ball of electricity, which then expands, surrounds everybody, and then is everybody being transitioned and the voiceless in a cage of electricity. And then they go back to fighting. Okay. I feel like that was disrespectful. The only other thing worth pointing out is that the voiceless is still on that hovering platform and the uh, electricity cage seems to be coming out of that. Quinn's going to try and throw a rock at that cage just to see what happens. Okay. Like, does it go... Yep. (laughs) And then there's a little puff of dust. Just double checking. Yeah. It's a dead cage. Don't touch the cage. Would 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 Vanguard have noticed the uh, the rock being thrown? Probably, yeah. <laughs> He's gonna look over. What quintessential? There you are. What are you doing here? And why are you? And then he sees Mystic, and just immediately is in front of them. <laughs> are you all right? Mm. Yeah, that's complicated. 
But uh, I think you have bigger things to worry about. That Gregorian monk dude is kind of bad news. I was getting that impression, yes. And then he just turns to Mystic, but puts his hands on her shoulders. It's like, are you safe? Are you all right? Incidentally, for Rain, this is the giant talent agent who's usually fairly hands-off, being really personable and friendly. So this is a bit of a jarring thing. I mean, not that jarring. I've been to a few dimensions now. Oh, true, I forgot. I forget how many you've... It could be really jarring if you were in a bad mood. <laughs> that would require Rain to think about his feelings. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Good we're thing okay. that wasn't in character, I'd be taking a powerful blow. It looks like, despite the fact that the tension has not left his body, like he's still ready for action, you see this weight lifted off of him as soon as he sees that she's okay. It's like, we. I have to handle this situation, but we should. We should talk when when we're done here. We, uh, I'm just, I'm very glad to see that you're right. And then he stops, looks between Quintessential, looks between Mystic, looks back to Quintessential. So how are you two getting along? (laughs) Hey, you know, you could wait until (laughs) one of them kills the other. (laughs) Hand to a forehead. (laughs) I'll invoice you later. Can we deal with this now? Does Vanguard owe you money? I'm not sure what you're referring to by... <clears throat> yes, I'll deal with the problem right now. You youngsters stay safe. Just just wait. Either mom takes care of stupid fucking monk, or monk takes care of mom. Either, either outcome is great, because Viever's going to be worn down. He recognizes Cat Slane after she says that. He's like, Miss Slane. Cat. I understand your feelings on the matter, but I don't need to anyone dying today if they don't have to. Uh, I mean, both of people in the electric cage can just, their deaths would be better. Not to me. You youngsters say back. And they turns and full throws himself <laughs> at the cage. Yes, <sighs> we're going to leave that happening up in the sky. At that point, feedback's just going to look at Quint and Mystic. What the hell was that about? Vanguard owes you money? Yeah. I'll give him a discount. It's fine. Oh my God. There have begun to be a bunch of like static arc sounds as Vanguard like bounces off this thing repeatedly. Bounces, get thrown back 50 feet, flies in, bounces. He's very persistent. Gamma has additionally begun to look straight up at this and just kind of watching because this is obviously not doing anything. But what is also happening is that people are starting to sort of not not close in because bystanders do know better than to like get up in that space. But there are people that are sort of inching closer because this is kind of interesting to look at. All right. We should probably start crowd control. We don't want these guys around. Sure. Feedback's going to crack his neck, roll his shoulders and start amplifying his voice using his powers. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, stand back. This is pretty much just Tuesday in Rancho Paseo. <laughs> As your amplified voice echoes around, a lot of the people kind of are like, eh, okay, back off. Uh, but somebody pushes through the crowd and runs, like, directly at you. Cat's uh, going to teleport and grab this person. Cool. Why don't you go ahead and are you trying to protect feedback or uh, hit this person? What are you going for? Uh, even protecting feedback. Then go ahead and roll uh, to defend, please. Ooh, full hit. 
Nice. 13. So how much force are you reacting with here? Just kind of putting yourself bodily in this place. Cat's going to put themselves like about a meter in front of them. Mm -hmm. And just sort of like hold up one hand. So to stop. that's fast enough and close enough that they kind of don't have a chance to really react. So she runs and is trying to dodge and ends up sort of clipping you with her shoulder and falling like right on her, her hands down right in front of feedback. And she looks up, shit, that was a terrible entrance. Uh, you would recognize instantly she's wearing superhero clothes. Well, homemade superhero clothes and a homemade mask and stuff. But I mean, you know well enough to be able to like break the... I, I recognize the shade of color of her hair right now. We talked about it on the phone. Yes. Feedback's just gonna push past Cat. Rocks? You two know each other? Code names. Code names. Alchemist. I don't know your code name. I didn't even know you had a costume, Rocks. Code names. She stands up and puts her hips, her hands on her hips. I'm here to help. Uh, uh, uh. And you complain about me forgetting. Cat's <laughs> gonna point at the giant electric cage. No, you, you really, really don't want to help him. This. And Vivek's just gonna hug her, and just like, just. Oh my god, I. I'm so happy to see you. What the fuck are you wearing? She's doing a little bit of the, okay, you don't have to embarrass me. This is fine. I got this. It's cool. Um, It's not a terrible outfit. I mean, she kind of, we're going to be, you're a hero. Let's be heroes. Be like, go, do you, how do you get up there? I don't think we do. Usually you fly. I'll float. I sort of just fling myself, but we're not, we're not going to, do that right now. Uh, code name. What is your code name? Alchemist, like I said. All right. So, Alchemist, what are we going to do about that? Because we. I don't know. I'm I don't... a junior hero. You're the real hero. You tell me. Technically, not officially a hero. I. Yeah, no, I'm not. A, I'm not registered. Stop registering. You're. Be- this is my little sister, Alchemist. Thank you. Uh, Alchemist, these are, um, these are my friends. Hi. Just call me Quint. Not a hero. Hi. Hello. What's up? She kind of gives a little, so this is your hero team? So do they all listen to you? Do you like tell them what to do and they like back you up and stuff? (laughs) No. No. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. You you are fastly underestimating my position in this team, uh, Alchemist. You gotta be the leader, right? I mean, you're clearly the coolest costume. Yes, feedback. Uh, Okay, no, that one, that part's that part's true. Oh, I'm still wearing my tux. But no, we don't. We're sort of a commune where we sort of who takes charge depends on who's best suited at the time. Oh my god, it's that's it, so it's, nerdy. Yeah, no, it's the nerdiest shit. But it's what's working for us. Okay, well, uh, anyway, I want to do something. Um, why are we just having a conversation while heroics are happening up in the sky? That's above our pay grade. Because we can't do anything about it. It's a little bit out of our league. Your league, maybe? She seems a little disappointed by this, but also can't fly, so. I don't know. I could. No. No. I mean, I should. Phantom here can pick you up if you really want to go. No, No. Phantom can't (laughs) because we're not doing that. Vanguard is taking care of it. And 
If we go up there, because we just got back, we cannot risk this. As you say, Vanguard is taking care of it. You hear a, oh, shoot. And he flies off and like zaps off again and then slides back at it. Yeah, he's just kind of bouncing off like a pinball here. An important part of being a hero is choosing battles that you actually have access to. Alchemist kind of looks at you and is like, okay, I can get behind this. This is, that sounds like a hero rule. Okay. All right. So we're, we're like, for now, we need to stay on the sidelines, make sure no one out here gets hurt. And then if that fighting stops or if the cage breaks, then we get involved. But right now we need to make sure that none of these people get damaged by whatever the fuck that is. Uh, a really important part of this is helping any bystanders not get hurt. If Vanguard isn't able to get through by himself right now, there's nothing that we can do except wait and help him if he needs it. As that very, very smart decision was made, there's another exciting sound. This one is more like in your bones felt. And yet another portal in space-time or the dimensional whatever opens and out steps the guy that you had left back in the library, Hive. Oh my God. Oh, him. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, no. <laughs> walks out of the portal and keeps walking out of the portal till there are about a hundred surrounding you in a nice circle. Um, Hello again. Uh, hey, what's up? Hi, buddy. I, I don't know if you recall how this went last time, but uh, it's not going to go different. So they have positioned themselves. So there's a giant ring around you guys, around the ring of the fighting. Um, and the ring is like three people deep on this. It's a significant number. The thing that's most noticeable about this is that he looks, oh, all of them look like they've been kind of beat up. Their, their armor is like all denty, but they all have this device of some sort like implanted into the center chest plate of their armor and as they complete that circle and surround you all of you get sort of like that sense of mental fog where your brain just feels really really fuzzy and you can't really concentrate on anything and it, it's like i said it's just everywhere and that is actually going to put you all at a one die penalty to not one die uh one point penalty to everything minus one ongoing all right. Um, I'm going to put the moat around us. I have one burn from the end of last episode that we agreed that I should keep. So I'll, I'll just burn that right now on uh, putting up a moat. All right, Alchemist, can you give us a quick Cliff's Notes of what you can do? Because we might need you here in a second. I can turn stuff into metal. Well, I can actually turn stuff into other stuff, but I have to have touched the stuff that I'm turning stuff into. So right now I've got steel, copper, porcelain, some kind of rock that I found in the garden. Diamond, which is a little less effective than you think it would be. Okay, I did say Cliff's Notes. Oh, uh, yeah, I turned stuff into other stuff. Great. I didn't realize you'd come that far along. That shit's rad. Fuck yeah. It's, it's fucking cool. I did, however, break our upstairs bathroom because I accidentally converted the sink into steel. It was a bit of a problem. They have, there's a hole in the floor. Uh, anyway, it, it didn't fall into your bedroom very much. <laughs> We will unpack that later. Cool. cool. Uh, yeah. You're going to have to sleep in the guest room. 
We will unpack that later. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I guess we back to back in hero poses. <laughs> Underneath the moat, sure. So all of the hives are very comfortably arranged out. They, they, they seem content to wait forever. Okay. I think the moat, since they're around us in a circle, the moat mm -hmm. is like a dome over us in case anybody needs to think about what it looks mm -hmm. like. And it's uh, like transparent green color. So are you here for anything in particular or are you just here to look menacing? They say in their lovely unison voice, We have a debt to repay and you have something we want. You're not getting that. I stole that fair and square. We didn't steal it, Phantom. We absolutely stole it. Then we can steal it from you? Or you could give... I... No. <sighs> I don't give up the things I steal. As one, they're going to begin attacking this moat. So I don't know how... Uh, like, I I'm assuming it just kind of stays as long as you focus on it. They're going to just keep attacking. If If it's like... Well, you're allowed to say when it the threat is enough to make mm -hmm. me need another burn. And since I don't have another one right now, it will go down if you um if it's that much. I think this is gonna be a duration thing. So there's a lot of them, but they're not this is magic. So if this goes on for more than a couple minutes, that'll become a challenge. Right. What also does seem to be happening is that mental fog is getting much stronger as they start attacking this barrier. It's like they're they're able to amplify it. Right. So I think I don't think that I can focus enough to charge more burn while still holding this up. I think is something. God, that, I like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Feedback's going to just step out in front of rocks and you feel the ground start to shake under his feet as the lights on his suit start flaring up and you feel the build of like pressure. It's almost like, like the air gets thicker with sound and he just like gathers all this energy into a massive like point to the point where the air is like distorted around him almost. And then he just yells back off and unleashes it in a massive heavy base burst that like will rattle the city for blocks. How does that work with the moat though? Yeah, I yeah. think that's going to drop the moat. Yeah. So go <laughs> ahead and roll and let's see what happens. Alrighty. It's minus one, so that's a ten. My intent with this blast is to is to try to A, knock them off balance, and B, try to disrupt whatever it is they're doing to put us in the fog. The, uh, that unfortunately probably won't have an effect from this attack. What it does do is create that amazing strong wall of like sound pressure that blows out and is a lot for Mystic to over to overcome here. So how is that? How is that feeling to you when this hits? I I think I have to drop it. I don't think I can hold it up from this. Yeah. How does it? How do you react? How does like the character the body react? Yeah. So you know, I was standing there with my hands up, fingers spread, holding up the moat, and now with this sound gathering up, I was losing focus then because I think that was just a lot for everyone inside the area near feedback. And then with the explosion, I think I, I just dropped it immediately after fighting while he was charging up.
and directly into the sound wall, which knocks them on their asses. And the second row just walks over them and another back outside third wall appears. So you have second row who has been off balance, but is now walking on the bodies of the row in front of them. Quint is going to jump out and start a tussle with these guys. Ooh, okay. So you'll see, let's go with purple batons pop up in his hands as he just jumps into the crowd and hopefully starts knocking heads. Uh, directly engage. Sounds good to me. That is a 13. Ooh, nice. Pick, pick two out of your list there. Let's see. Uh, since I only have two conditions left, I'm going to have to choose resist or avoid blows. Okay. And let's impress, surprise, or frighten. I want these guys to know that I let them off easy with the bookshelves. <laughs> I got it. So t- tell me what it looks like. So Quint just jumps in and he is a like a whirling dervish of different colored sticks. Like he will break one over one's head, a new one pops up and just keeps breaking weapons uh, into these guys. All right. And as that is happening, you know, like in the second after um, dropping them out, I am charging my burn. Uh, and I want to roll that before I describe it. So it's minus one. Uh, actually, hold that for one second. So mm-hmm. as Quint, uh, he gets his own little little pool of more duplicated hives around him. Um, but what you guys feel uh, is the mental pressure backs off on you. But Quint, it's a lot more on you. It's like all of that disfocus has been focused on you. So you're going to be at a two penalty for stuff. But the rest of you, you can still feel it in the back of your head like it's still there, but it's not distracting you the same way. Okay. There you go. Okay, so I rolled a nine. So I get to hold three and mark a condition. I think I will mark angry here and I'm going to hold three. So what this looks like is after I, you know, let my arms down to um, let that sound wave out, I am now charging up my powers. So I'm I'm gathering magic on my skin. It's as it was in the time charging in the library. It's it's brighter than the average time she does this. It's so it's almost like blinding. Um, you can see it on her hands. You can see it on her open shoulders, which aren't covered by her suit, and you can see it on her face. And so it's just a white, a little bit yellow, maybe light coming off of her as uh, she charges her magic. So someone else should go next, I think, before I decide what to do. So I'm going to have you there, and then there's the rest of your group. Quint has is off in his own little circle of, of enemies now. All of you at this point are going to be engaged with. How you're engaged with is going to be up to you. Uh, Rain is going to put on a flamboyant display of his powers. Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> I don't like that. No. Oh, no. So that's a three. Oh, oh no. Rain's out of practice. So describe what happened. What's the result of that first, like mechanically? On a miss, my display catches someone watching the wrong way. Uh, So he still puts on a a flamboyant display of his powers, just gets attention that he doesn't necessarily want. Tell me what that looks like for him. So he's going to pull out his wand and pull it into the sparkly bow mode and just start firing sparkly arrow after arrow after arrow at the hive people. Got it. It does definitely get attention. 
you, you're hitting them one after the other after the other. What that has the effect of doing though is gravitate, getting a lot of attention on you. So you get your own little circle of people that you can just kind of keep knocking down and they're going to keep putting themselves back up. Well, he's going to keep doing that. Got it. You're going to put on a nice little show over there. Someone will hopefully be streaming that for somebody. <laughs> um, all right. That leaves Phantom, Cat, and Feedback. What are y'all doing? I'm, I'm assuming you're in your little back-to-back trio right there. Cat's going to take a step forward, extend the spear out to its full length, and then just start uh, rapidly teleporting into the midst of the larger clusters of Hive Ooh. and just beating the ever-loving shit out of anyone close to her. I love it. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a nice visual too. What uh, For Phantom and Quint, who have encountered this person before, they have upped their game. Something has seriously like beefed up their abilities and their strength and their ability to hold focus on different groups of people because they, they couldn't do this before. Uh, but they're a lot better at, at managing this because Cat can go around and knock down little groups and then another one comes for her. It's, it's really, it's like, like when you're trying to squish the things that the, the, the pop-up game with the gophers. You pop one and then another one comes out. Whack-a-mole. Yes, that. Uh, yes, but that's going to look amazing with the... Yeah. All right, feedback and phantom. I actually have a really cool idea for a combo move here where um, Roxy grabs two big fistfuls of dirt, turns them into metal shavings, essentially, Ooh. and then throws them to the air and feedback uses a sound burst to launch them like shrapnel out of a bunch of these that guys. That is fucking kick-ass. So yeah, um, I'm not going to make her roll because she's an NPC. So she reaches down. It's like you, you, ex- you exchange a look and she's like, okay, we're going to do this fucking kick-ass thing. Digs both hands in graveyard yeah. dirt and like launches it up into the air. And as it's leaving her hands, that powdery dirt turns to these little tiny shards of dirt-shaped metal, something very strong. And the sound that feedback uh, creates using his powers is going to be a clip of, of course... Drowning pools. Let the bodies die. Fuck. First. Uh, <laughs> directly engage her, please. Yeah. Okay. That is oh, thank God I have a plus two. Oh, that's a that's a seven. Um I am going I only get to take one. So I am going to resist or avoid their blows. Actually, no. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise or frighten my opposition with that. All right, um, yeah, uh, that's. I, I mean, anybody's gonna be surprised and probably frightened when a handful of metal shards hits their faceplate. So, uh, yeah, you guys are kind of actually, honestly, legitimately kicking ass here. Um, the problem is that you're kicking ass against an opponent that can basically endlessly produce more of themselves right now. So, Phantom, do you want to do anything before I ship back to Mystic here? Yes, I want to attempt to use my new move. Uh, uh, always prepared. Uh, when you unleash your powers by producing a brand new minor dimensional gadget from your supply, spend one gadget and roll plus superior. Pain is going to reach under the cloak to their uh, utility belt and uh, pull out what seems to be like a grenade of some kind. And throw it just at a group of them and hoping to, like, just knock out a bunch of them. Oh, so that's an eight. So then either unstable or temporary, or you mark a condition to make it not temporary or unstable. 
I already have three conditions worked. I don't know if I want to go back to four just yet. <laughs> uh, I will make it. It's either uh, unstable or temporary. In this case, it's kind of the same effect that other things have been having. It's a nifty little grenade thing that does some sort of fun explosion. I think goo comes out of it or something cool like that. But it only takes out that circle and then there are more. So what this current scene, if you're looking at it from above, there's little circles of fighters around all of you. You all could have been split up from one another, surrounded by a little hive people that are all getting to the point where they're going to overwhelm you if you can't do something serious here. So um, I am going to directly engage a threat for the first time since episode one. That's amazing. Um, so. Yes. Yes. And I picked up Reality Storm since that time. So now that I can roll, it w- instead of with my minus two danger, with my plus three freak. <laughs> uh, so Reality Storm is you channel destructive burst with your powers. Spend one burn to directly engage a threat using your powers. Rolling plus freak instead of plus danger. If you do, you will cause unwanted collateral damage unless you spend another burn. Nice. So I have three burn. So I'm going to use two of them on this. I think what I am doing here is I am kind of in the middle and my friends are around me because they have started like punching these guys before I have. I think what I have been doing in the meantime is I've been, if we remember all the way back to episode one and also once during um, the crossover with Protean City where I made a ball of magic between my hands. I'm doing that, but I've been doing that in a circle around me with a whole, so like a whole bunch of these balls of like bright shining energy around me hovering in a circle. And I've been, been going around making them. I have been making them with gaps between them so that they will go around my friends instead of have any of them hit them. And once I've I've done that all around me, and I'm doing it fast enough so that I can see where my friends are, I pull my hands in front of me and then spread them directly out to the sides, pushing all of these balls of magic energy around me to hit as many hive people as possible at the same time. Does, is there a sound to this or anything aside, like other effects happening? Oh, I think, hmm, I think like, you know what the sound of like a, um, like Tesla coils make, but like, mm. I think higher pitch than that, you know, almost like, you know, this is magic. So it can be a prettier sound than that instead mm-hmm. of like an electric burning thrum. It's more of like. I guess, yeah, I don't know. I, do, I don't really know how to explain it. Actually- We'll see if we can find a sound effect here. Yeah, I wait. Actually, in. I remember I had a, I watched some really cool animation where they, all the sound effects were glass breaking. Ooh. And I really liked that idea for having- Got it. For, for Mystic's Magic, actually. So I take back what I said before. Maybe there's a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. I still have to roll freaks. So. Uh, yes. Um, oof. Yeah. So, yeah. So I rolled. Wait, let me see. Do I have anything against direct? I have, I have afraid. Afraid still probably affects reality storm, right? It's, 
It should because it's still you're still using directly engage. You're just using a different stack. So I did all that, <laughs> and I rolled a six. <laughs> you guys have one team here. We have team. We have team. I think Quint might be able to help out with this. So wh- while he's fighting, he's going to try and use his emotion powers basically to do what he did to Phantom in the last dimension and try to. Uh, I, I don't think he can actually knock them out, but at least kind of stun them a little bit so that Mystic's spell can hit them all. You're able to get them for just a split second to stay in place, just like glitch a little bit and pause. And that's enough to let this fucking impressive display of powers from Mystic's body, this swarm of glowy particles flies out and doesn't just go in straight lines. So the the little magic balls will hit one guy and then bounce to another one. There's a there's a force lightning in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it does that. <laughs> and for, it feels like a really long time, but it probably only comes down to a couple seconds. Everything is really bright and there's lots of shattering glass sounds. When this happens, Phantom kind of looks back up at what's happening at the cage and thinks to himself, yes, I can do this. And kind of, without saying anything to anyone else, starts floating up towards the voiceless, specifically where the cage is emanating from. Perfect. Yeah, everybody else is very much distracted by this awesome, and there are hive bodies falling, and as fast as they can make new ones, one of those little balls, pinballs off and hits them again. So, Phantom, if you want to roll your move. Uh, which move would this be? Just unleash your... Yeah, just roll unleash. That'll work. Please don't fail. That's a three. Oh, no. Oh, no. I was like, I hope I don't beat this whole, this is the important thing I have to do. <laughs> That's what just sort of happened with me. <laughs> so uh, this, the, the results of this roll are not going to bite you until much later. Just be aware. <laughs> um, oh, no. Yes, I'm going to remember this and hold it in my heart. God, snake eyes. <laughs> snake eyes on this roll. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, you're able to get your hands in and this little, the, 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 it's the hovercraft that seems to be producing this. And whatever Phantom does in the box, in the, the like control panel of it, something. And you get some parts come away in your hands, which we will deal with later. But the cage, the lightning that's making it up, suddenly is going, it it looks like it's stopped, like it's not even moving. But you can see if you really focus, it's going very, very slowly. And everything inside the cage has gone similarly slowly. And this is part of the fallout. Since Vanguard had been in the process of colliding with the cage, he seems to have gotten caught in this slowness too. So his body is like held up against the cage with the the explosions of, of sparking light coming off where it touches him but all frozen into super slow motion. And I think there's a long silence. And when you can sort of focus again, the hive people have all fallen and then disappeared. So there's just the single hive body unconscious on the ground and the rest of you and Roxy being like, like jumping and punching the air with awesome because she's very excited about this. All right. So the five, six of you are standing in the aftermath of this fucking awesome thing that Mystic just did, there's an unconscious hive on the ground, a very excited alchemist, and Gamma Burst kind of 
looking up at Vanguard going, okay, well, that fucking happened. Quint falls to his knee, one knee after doing all that with Hive's minds, Hive minds. Uh, and then he's going to call out uh, to Gammaverse. Hey, Speedy, do you keep like handcuffs in that bodysuit of yours or anything? Way ahead of you. And you look and he's in cuffs. As she has done the cuff zap, she for a second is standing right by you, Quint, and you get handed a business card. Hey, give me a call. I have a proposition for you. Not like that. <laughs> and then she throws Hive over her shoulder and takes off. And uh, and she's handed you a business card that has the Aegis imprint and it just says Gamma Burst, Nova Squad. Do I know what Nova Squad is? You do not. You've never heard of it before. Huh. Then I will pocket that and think about that later. What about the rest of you? Phantom returns to the other pocketing the uh, tech that they had taken from the hoverboard. Uh, Look! That's something. I don't know if that helped or not. Did something. I do want to say, in the aftermath of everything, feedback is just going to be staring at Junie. And it's like, I feel like the worry would be that there's fear in his eyes from seeing that response, I, the, the level of power she does something. But instead, there's just wonder. Aww. And he just looks at her like, holy shit, you're amazing. That is the question that happens when I triumphant celebrate is I ask if someone is um, afraid I was of me. About that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, that's what made me think about the two is that now seeing what she can do, he still isn't afraid. And then he's going to look at Phantom. Uh, what did you just do? Uh, well, I stopped it, slowed it down. You know, it's very advanced technology. I could explain it to you, but I don't know. How much you want to hear? It's fine. I took care of it. Something tells me you don't actually know what you did, do you, Phantom? Hey, listen, I know exactly what I did, and I could tell you in detail, Quince. Yeah, Phantom, when do you turn down the chance to explain something? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, you see, I uh, took some parts from the, the, the hoverboard, and they slow down. <laughs> Okay, I don't know what happened. How did you get through the field? I didn't. I got kind of underneath it. Hmm. Could if could we do that again? I, do, I don't know if we should risk it. Also, everyone's moving very slowly up there. I feel like you would be pulled into the effect if you tried. Yeah, yeah if you look at uh, Vanguard, he went all slow-mo too. I don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, I know. It's probably a dumb risk. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't go in that space yet. Yeah, I just... Maybe I'm just riding off the high of us kicking Hive's ass, but I... Yeah, no, we shouldn't get involved. You guys are right. I, but it was cool, right? He's gonna, he, he's gonna look at Roxy. He's like, I really don't want a <clears throat> alchemist getting involved either. She's She's rolling her eyes at you in a very teenage way and like adjusting her mask. Yeah, no, it was really cool, Phantom. Thank you. Yeah. I am cool. So what's what's our play, guys? I was just going to wait. Hey, I don't know if this is the best time. But while we're waiting, could I talk to you, Kat? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. 
Hey guys, um, Quinn, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Quint, you don't have a name. Quint, Rain, Mystic, uh, Alchemist, let's go, t let's go help these folks over here. Make sure the crowd doesn't get too involved. Uh, Cat, Phantom, you got things uh, tied down over here. We're just gonna let you guys handle this situation. We'll go over here. Bye. Walking over to the crowd that is totally not there is already leaving and just gonna be over there. We'll, we'll move your guys' little group over there and we'll come back to you, but let's, let's zoom in here on Cat and Phantom being cute uh, hey cat uh you know i really uh missed you when we were separated i i was thinking about what i said back in the library uh yeah i mean we had carrot pizza and you weren't ready to enjoy it and i didn't bring you any well the, well it, it's the thought that counts right uh, you know Kat, I, I wanted to apologize for what I said, that I was just going to leave. I, I I hope you know I didn't mean it. It's just, I've lost a lot of people in my life, and I'm just afraid of losing you too. You're one of the most important people to me, and I don't, I was just afraid something was going to happen, and it was selfish of me to cause you more pain when you are already dealing with so much with your mother and I know that and I, I would understand if you if you don't forgive me for what I said uh Kat's gonna think for a moment just uh sit down on the sidewalk and indicate for Phantom to come down next to them the Phantom will sit down <sighs> I <sighs> Look, things got difficult. And I don't I just I don't want you're you're the only person I've really got at this point. I On the awkward pause, we're going to quickly jump the camera and go to our other little group here for a minute. I would like to idly throw a spear at the electric cage and see what happens. <laughs> An emotion spear? A psychic spear? Uh-huh. Does it slow down too? When it It's really weird because it's emotion. So it hits it and slows down and then dissipates like yours do, but in slow motion. So it's like a fire of a waterfall of little sparkly things. Okay, that's actually kind of pretty. Rain is going to fire an arrow at the same spot. A real real brilliant arrow or an electric thing arrow? It's it's an electric thing arrow. At at exactly the same spot that Quint was throwing his spear like a Robin Hood thing. Oh cool. Uh you know what? That's actually cool enough to roll for. Yes, Rain, a time to show off your sick archery skills, which we hardly ever get to see. That would be a five. Oh. <laughs> the dice don't like me today. You know, why don't you choose how this goes wrong? Do you want it to not hit at all and just kind of look terrible or to have some sort of cool effect but doesn't do anything? You accidentally shoot Vanguard. <laughs> That's basically where I was going. <laughs> oh, no. But I, I, I put it in your hands. He can take it. Uh. Yeah, let's go with that. Mm, yeah. What if it, like, it gets redirected by Quince? Nice. Yeah, the, the the way they align, instead of being cool and Robin Hoodie, it actually just sends it ricocheting off some other direction. The other direction is into uh, Vanguard's leg, though. 
So he's actually kind of looking like a martyr statue right now. But my arrows do blunt damage, so that's fine. Yeah, um, he's he's also like proof. But because it's frozen, by the time it, when it touches him, it's like frozen to his leg, like punching him in the leg. So yeah, we're, we're getting some martyr statue stuff going on in here. Rain, I didn't know you felt like that about Vanguard <laughs> 2. <laughs> well, you know... Even I get tired of the blustering sometimes. Vanguard, <laughs> oh. no one loves you. All right, back to cat, cat and Phantom. <laughs> uh, look, this is... I don't... I tried to think of what to say, and I don't know how to get it out, and... This, uh, it's okay, Cat. Just say what you, how you feel. I can take it. I just, you're very important, and I don't, I don't want to lose you. No. Well, I think Phantom takes one of Cat's hands. Listen, you're you're not going to lose me, Cat. I promise you. I. I don't want to lose anyone else I care about ever again. So I can promise you I'm not going anywhere. I would, I'm never going to leave you. And maybe that's a big promise to make, but you're where I want to be. I, I'm, I'm trying, you know, and it's a lot I have to work on. And I just don't want to. I don't want to put you in that position again. It's okay, Kat. I'm here for it all. I I was thinking about it and I decided that, you know, whatever happens, I'm here with you. I don't want you to carry this all by yourself. No matter what happens, I'll be there with you. You don't have to worry. Okay? Cass is going to like, Look at Phantom. Nod. Good. Yes, I think Phantom hugs Cat. Yeah, I think they both prefer a hug at the same time. Oh, so the the group. That's when um, there's some sound of you guys moving the, to hug. So all of you, the the, the five or four of you on the other side, can look down there, and you got that scene of group of heroes looking at Cat and Phantom being adorable and hugging. But. <laughs> In that that quiet moment, there's a sound much like shattering glass as it happens. And again, right on top of that grave that you were on, a portal opens in the air. And a person in what seems to be a long hooded cloak made out of feathers steps out of the portal, their hands cupping something that glows brightly in their hand. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, did you guys meet an owl where you guys were? No. No, I'm not familiar. This is a lot of people coming through. Uh, Are you here to attack us too? Uh, The figure stands quietly for a minute and then pushes his hood back. And um, this is Edward Haraway from Animal World. So yeah, he, uh, he takes another step forward. It's taken me six dimensions, but I am glad we have finally reconnected, Juniper. The, the thing in his pocket, whatever he's holding, gets put in the pocket inside the cloak. And he- oh, it's Owl Grandpa. 
Okay. Owl Grandpa? What did I miss? Uh, some fucking asshole. <laughs> Are you guys back here in this conversation now? Uh, so he's, he actually is right between you guys. You had the group on one side and group on the other side. He's in the middle. Okay, okay. I will say feedback is immediately moving to Mystic's side. It appears you have more friends than when we last met. Uh, Kat's going to start advancing on morally great grandpa. He's, he's got his hands open and, and down, like, uh, under, like not defensively, just very clearly. I'm not. We did not have enough time to connect, really. You were so eager to leave. I realize that if there were other places I could be, perhaps I could be more useful there than where I was. Can we tell what he's holding? Uh, he's put it in his pocket, so no. Damn it. <laughs> okay, I, that was what I was about to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> so which is happening right now? Um, I think I, I, I take a step to him and I say, yeah, I... I'm sorry I had to leave so fast. I I had other places I needed to be. Having been through a handful of other dimensions, I can understand why you might want to leave some of them rather quickly. Not all that bad. Did you end up in fascist world? Did you end up in the mushroom world? No, I did not. But there was a dimension that had... Quite a few more spiders than I am normally comfortable with. Very, very large spiders. I'm so sorry. I managed well enough, though I'm not particularly proud of it. He, he pulls like off his back this spider leg that he has like a baton. <laughs> He's got tucked into his coat. It is rather sturdy. All right. Yeah, that's great. So some. Something is happening in this dimension, and, and um, so it might not be the the best time to talk. Does that happen frequently here? You know, surprisingly often, actually. Are they frozen in time? Perhaps some sort of alchemical transformation? No, they're moving very slowly. I removed some tech from the, uh, I've waited the wireless class. Are they allies? Enemies? They do appear to be fighting. Yeah, no? Um. No. Uh, the guy with the cape is an ally. The other two are enemies. Understood. Yeah, the one with the arrow in his leg. Uh, ostensibly an ally. He feels familiar. Like I've met one of him before. Somewhere. Regardless. May I assist with the situation? How big of a portal can you make? You make them go away. No need to speak all at once. It is possible. If you would like me to attempt it, I will require my granddaughter's assistance in channeling the Haraway magic. Cool. Mystic, um, do we have to worry about this guy being an asshole or can we, you know, use him? Should you be asking that in front of him? It's fine. Um, I, I think uh, it's time to roll Pierce the mask. Um. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, I rolled a zero. Because uh, I rolled a three minus three. So, um, because <laughs> that I is am. A, an amazing roll. Are you leveling up this game, this session? Uh, that was my, that's my first failure this time. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I actually leveled up a whole session ago and have not committed to a uh, advancement yet. So, so, uh, what were you trying to find out in Pierce the Mask? Like, what were you, what were you I hoping think, to? Um, you know, I was, I was just asked, like, can we trust him? And mm-hmm. I, I still don't know that. <laughs> So yeah. um, that was the kind of thing I was going to ask about. Got it. You can't read anything off of him that you couldn't before. Which was nothing before. <laughs> He's not any more untrustworthy than he was before, but neither is he any more trustworthy. Right. The I think the only thing that I understood about him from the last time we talked mm-hmm. is that he was a lonely person. Yeah, he genuinely, you can still pick up a bit that he had a genuine, like not creepy or, or villainous reason to follow you through dimensions like that is the one thing you can pick up on that is i'm gonna just as a gm it's not incorrect that he legitimately was following you because he wanted to have a family not because he wanted to take over a dimension or something yeah that might be a secondary motive but it was definitely not the primary one (laughs) right (laughs) um i was just asked if we could trust him hmm i have to think about um how this character will answer that question. And we're just talking about him in front of him. So this is also knowing that this man is watching me as I react he's, to that question. He's pushed his cape back on his shoulders and has his arms crossed. He's wearing a very nice, like, slate gray business suit, three-piece suit with the the, the owl feather cape over it. Wait, are those from people owls? <laughs> no, that would be incredibly immoral. And rather gauche. We do have laws against that. Oh. Hey, Phantom. I almost said, hey, Phantom. I'm Phantom. (laughs) 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 It's been a long day, okay? (laughs) Let me try that again. Hey, Mystic, congrats on your new grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think she... Um, okay, well, first I have to react to the can we trust him. I think maybe there is a pause, and in that time, Phantom has the chance to say that. Uh, and and, and uh, I think she, she kind of smiles, and, and, um, and she says, well, we haven't known each other for very long, but... I think we're pretty interested in getting to know each other. He's got a little, like, very small, happy old man smile. Like, he's trying to hide it, but cool. All right. Well, I now pronounce you grandpa and granddaughter, and let's go stop these guys. He uh, shakes the cloak back on over, over his shoulders so his hands are hidden, reaches into pocket, and he pulls out that gem that y'all used the first time to transport with it. He has now have, has it. Oh, hey, it's a gem we stole. Give him a look. Yes. It cost me a great deal to reacquire it. Oh, so you won't steal things with me, but you'll steal things with other people? It's complicated. Phantom, that's how we left the dimension we were in. They pulled quite a heist with a little rabbit. Uh, Oh, oh, so you pull, so when it's me... Stealing things, it's... (laughs) 
I think Quint is still wearing the fancy clothes. It does feel rather odd for you to still be wearing that. You have had ample time to change. The bunny stole my clothes. Ah, now I understand. So the little rabbit pulled her own heist on you. Interesting. Well, if you would like, we can get this going. You said you want them away. Yes. Uh, just the two in the cage. Leave the big guy. It should be possible. I would not be able to tell you where I was sending them, though. Wait, Quint, you're telling us we should just portal them into another dimension? That's... I don't think that's how this works. That's a valid point. I don't want some other dimension getting wrecked by these two. At least in this dimension, there's people equipped to handle it. I know a dimension you can send them to. Spider-Verse? There's a dimension that doesn't have any people in it. No one to hurt. What if we just could do a volcano as a closer? These two people are seasoned interdimensional travelers. I don't think just putting them somewhere else is going to solve the problem when they can just come back. Volcano would. Edward Haraway kind of gives uh, Mystic a a little bit of an eyebrow-raised look. Juniper, if I recall correctly, you know how to create protective barriers, do you not? Yeah, it's, it's kind of my specialty. Good. I think perhaps working together, and with the power of this gem, we might be able to turn your shield into a refractive prism of sorts that we can use to imprison your friends here. If they were to attempt to escape, whatever force they use would merely be reflected back onto them. Quite unbreakable. We're just going to ignore the easy suggestions? Do something complicated? We're not going to straight murder them. I don't want to kill anyone. Do I have to remind you how many people these two have killed? What if we just put them in the earth? Like a mile down. Wouldn't that also kill them? Yes. I'm really not comfortable killing people, Cat. I don't like killing people. What about those two fucking assholes? I'm still not comfortable killing someone. Mm, fine. Look, I went down that road. I don't want to walk that path again. Look, we'll send them elsewhere. Or we can try and stop them here and now. Not kill them, stop them. I don't think we're strong enough to stop them. Technically, they're stopped right now. Technically, just really, really slow. That's basically stopped. But non-zero. I mean, either way, they're moving on the Earth and (laughs) going thousands of miles per hour, so... Well, we have to do something. We can't just let the situation as it is play out. Perhaps I can offer an adult's opinion. Yeah, Junie's new grandfather has a an idea. It does appear that you do not wish to kill them or send them somewhere where they could easily perish. Perhaps we could 
send them somewhere survivable, but much farther away in dimensional space. I admit I do not fully understand dimensional distance quite yet, but surely there is somewhere we could send them that that returning would take time. Can we teleport them into different dimensions so at least they're not fighting anymore? I am afraid not. Opening a single portal is difficult enough, but attempting to use two simultaneously to split beings bound by a magic I do not understand is quite impossible. Them being distracted by each other is also probably a good thing. But I'm also thinking about all the collateral damage when those two decide to let loose. What about the collateral damage when they aren't fighting each other and come after other people? Yeah, Rain's right. It's probably best to contain them together. I mean, we saw what happened in Rain's home dimension. What is the securest facility that Aegis has that we can teleport them to? There is probably a secret prison somewhere, but you'd have to know the location of it. Well, we luckily we have someone on hand who does. Quint, do your thing. It's like Quint just pulls out his cell phone and, and dials 1-800-NOVA. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, yeah, the phone answers. Hello? Hi, I'm looking for a secret prison to imprison supervillains. Do you happen to know where one or we can find one? Uh, what powers are we talking about? Uh, let's see. Uh, let's just go with the full suite. Flying brick, technology. Well, uh, no, that that's too unspecific. Do we need a cave, uh, a, a container that's made out of plexiglass? Can they manipulate metal? Do we need something that'll dampen mag- uh, magical powers? <laughs> go with something that can hold Vanguard. We don't have anything like that. What's the closest you got? Quinn, give me the phone. It Quinn hands uh, Cat the phone. H- hello? Hi, this is Cat. Hi. Who's Cat? Uh, one of them's transition. I assume you already know about <sighs> her. The other one's a interdimensional religious zealot. Um, Got it. That Thank you. That does clarify things a little bit. Uh, interdimensional zealot. Uh, it's got a special platform that travels, flies, produces lots of energy effects, super strength, vulnerability. Okay. How how do they transfer dimensions? We don't have a lot of interdimensional protection. We didn't know there were other dimensions until like three weeks ago. So, um, I don't know if any of your protections are gonna be good against what they have. That's my concern. I I can I can get technical people. We can imprison. I can imprison the strong ones. I got some stuff made out of like diamonds. It's great, but we don't know how many people travel travel between dimensions yet. So I can't stop that. Does he use the, the that hoverboard like an ENA or does he do it naturally? Uh, guys, so um, I actually have a bank robbery to go take care of. Can I get back to you in like 10 minutes? It actually looks like we have time. Okay. Um, bye. <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of the ball, glowing ball of slowness and text it to that number. It's not going to help her a whole lot because she still doesn't know how to protect, like interdimensional stuff is just beyond the technology that this this dimension has yet. But it's a cool yet. wallpaper. <laughs> it is a fucking cool wallpaper. Uh, wait, Quint, uh, Finn is going to take Quinn's phone and text, hey, if you need help with interdimensional tech or anything, text this number and 
say, talk to, and say, you need to talk to Phantom. <laughs> then I will toss Clint back his phone. Hey. There's a dimension we could send him to. Fallout would be contained. Could probably get rid of the monk person. My mom would be unharmed. Mostly unharmed. No more harm, harmed than she is. She'd have backup too. What dimension? My home. You're not wrong. Oh. Oh, yeah, I guess you would be right, Kat. You know, you never have talked about your home. No, I haven't. Are you sure, Kat? It's a temporary solution at best, but it at least gets us time and distance from them. This dimension isn't really prepared for interdimensional threats, is it? That We should probably work on that. Are you sure, Kat? <sighs> Look, if we're not straight up murdering them, which I'm still going to say is our best option, sending them there at least buys us more time. The monk will be forced to retreat. Mom will be back to doing her supervillain ruler gig. Supervillain ruler. Okay. We'll have to circle back to that. No. (laughs) I want that in the next time. I mean, that sounds like the best idea we've heard so far. I, you know how I feel. I don't want to hurt people on purpose, but. That sounds like it's less risk for everyone. Populations is low enough that any collateral damage will be relatively small. Then let's do it. Most people underground anyway. All right, Owl Grandpa. So that's the plan. How well can you target those portals of yours? As long as I have Juniper's assistance, I think... It should be manageable. Will it help if you have someone from that dimension? Does your magic work sympathetically at all? Yes, that would be incredibly useful to target the portal. And if any of you happen to have either mind-related or magic-related powers, I might be able to tap into that as well. Ha! Powers. Yeah, I can help with that. So uh, he sort of directs you guys uh, and he has the the gem in his hands and he has the two of you like put your fingers on it. I actually would like both of you to roll. I think one of you roll defend, one of you roll unleash. It's up to you to just actually quit roll defend and uh, mystic roll unleash. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to roll. In the interest of full disclosure... I must admit that there is still a chance of failure. We could send them somewhere different, or perhaps we might capture the third one with our spell. That is all a possibility, and there are many more. I will do my best to prevent that, but magic is volatile. Good roll to six. Okay, perfect. (laughs) I was waiting for that speech to end before I roll. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm rolling. 
I rolled a 13. <laughs> okay, that balances yeah. out really nicely. Um, wait, but they didn't... Um, oh, I don't have hopeless. Yeah, so yeah, I rolled a 13. Nice. Nice. So... <laughs> Kat, you feel this very strange, like tugging, pulling sensation, like some part of you is trying to be pulled away from your body. Um, Quint, you're getting this incredible, you, you, you for a few seconds tap into all three of their emotional states. And I'm going to ask you to ask one question for all of them when we're done with this scene for what you pull out of their brain from experiencing this. Cool. Each of them get, so each of them get one question for you. And I mean, obviously we can, they can veto, but and mystic you have this incredible sense of just you know how to do this and you know how to make this work this is the first time you've really just felt completely competent in what you're doing and there's a beam of magic that shoots straight up to the cage then weaves its way around the cage and then everything just sort of squishes together and there's an implosion of sound and then they're gone, and Vanguard actually falls and hits the ground and is sitting up, kind of rubbing his head slowly. He'll be fine. He plucks the arrow out of his leg. Uh, okay, so, um, I assume this was an accident. No. <laughs> Edward Haraway is, uh, still standing with the gem in his hands, and his expression is not the happiest. The gem has shattered in his hands into a bunch of little shards. <sighs> well, I suppose this is where I will be staying from now on. I can take you back. Vanguard looks at him and all of the heroic, um, like facade, all the image just breaks as he crumbles away as he sees Haraway. He's just like, he does have a mask on just for the record. Okay, so he doesn't recognize him? He, he would recognize the same way to the degree that uh, Haraway recognized him. So there is something really familiar about this person, but you can't place why. Uh, Vanguard, yeah. Almaturge. Almaturge, Vanguard. Strix, son. Call me Strix. What is an Almaturge? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess now he might put it together if he heard... What was that? Owl... Owlmaturge. Yeah, he just... Yeah, and again, like I said, you just see the the, the sort of mask he wears, suspect the fact that he doesn't actually wear a physical mask, just sort of falls away. He's like, that's not... That's not possible. It's it's not him. It's sort of him. He's from a different dimension. I am from a different dimension. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you'd think we'd get better at explaining this. It's fascinating. Anyway, that situation's resolved. Hands on his hips again. Heroic winning smile back on his face. What do you use for currency in this dimension? I have a copious amount of precious gems. Would that work here? Surprisingly, yes. It'll be a start for sure. I can take you back home. You're not stuck here. He is very clearly not listening to Cat on purpose. <laughs> Fleevex going to put a hand on Judy's shoulder. You, uh, you okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling okay. That actually went 
pretty well. Yeah, it looked like it did. Just, I mean, the whole everything. Are you okay with all of it? You know, I'm, I'm going to need to take some time before I know what the answer to that question is. Thanks for listening. In this timeline, Junie Mystic Haraway the Nova is played by Siobhan. She can be found on Twitter as at Spellbound Mage. Quintessential Hero, the delinquent, is played by Eric, who is also our fearless editor. He can be found on Twitter as at PrimeFactorX01 or as the voice of Silk in the Shadows of St. Fleur podcast. Phantom, the Nomad, is played by Charlie. The C can be found on Twitter as at Magical underscore Pride or on Sir Podcast as at Prepod Engage. Catherine Slane II, the Scion, is played by Allison. Aaron Feedback Riley, the Reformed, is played by Tom. He can be found on Twitter as at Albion Graves or on his podcast as at GMMCast. Rainy Woodrose Sunrise, the Star, is played by M. He's on Twitter as at Rackety Mike. And I'm Lee, your narrator and dimensional tour guide. I can be found on Twitter as at The Law of Names. Otherware is produced by Law of Names Games. Our other projects can be found at lawofnames.com. It's played in Masks, A New Generation by Brendan Conway from Magpie Games at Magpie Official on Twitter. Our theme music is composed by Michael Freitag on Twitter as at Admiral Amara. The actions and opinions presented here belong to the individuals from this dimension only and are not representative of any other selves known or unknown. Otherware is not responsible for any side effect drifting produced by listening to this podcast. I want to get just a sort of what would the after credit scene for your characters going into this probably month or two month not get into trouble for a little while period look like? Uh, if no one else has anything, Quince is easy. The the after credits quick scene for Quint is Quint holding up his uniform. <laughs> yeah, it would have the very prominent Nova Squad logo right on the breast part with hero underneath it tear that off (laughs) (laughs) just flip down your thing to show the aegis logo so yeah it has the the aegis logo the 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 aegis same uniform that gamma had um and where it did say hero like velcro on he rips that off uh but he is wearing the the aegis uniform or looking at the aegis uniform laying out on his bed awesome i have one for cat and phantom uh, so for Kat, it uh, just shows her back at her apartment uh, with Phantom. We're just eating like a bowls of cereal together as a sitting on the couch.
I like that. That's sweet. Um, so I have an idea for my scene, which is, um, feedback is, uh, it, it shows feedback's phone and there is a text from Isaac Emerald saying, heard you're back in town. Finally might have some work lined up. If you're not sure about this hero thing, you sure you, you sure you're out and feedback looks up at, um, Aaron looks up at uh, Roxy through the hole in your ceiling looks at another tech looks at another text um, <laughs> alert he gets from Junie and then the text back. I'm sure puts the phone in his pocket and goes back to training with Roxy in the ruins of his bedroom. Oh, that's sweet. I like it. Sad face from the text that you don't see. Isaac Emerald uses emojis. No, that was just my brain. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I just had to double check. If we get a shot of, of Isaac, it's him in basically like a high class smoking lounge. Uh, just looking at his phone and just kind of rolling his eyes, just going, ah, kids and putting his phone away. He'll be back. You'll be back. Soon you'll see. So for Phantom, I think we see Phantom looking down at the picture of uh, young Ollie uh, and tucking it away into their cloak and then pulling out one of the pieces of tech they took from the uh, hoverboard and then looking up at the Adler estate and vanishing from view and heading inside. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm missing Mystic. I think we get a... Like a few shots of like um, Junie and Edward like unpacking and setting up like an apartment for him and like setting up like an arcane library in that apartment. Oh, sorry. I have happy feelings. Yay. Okay. <laughs> and the, there's a shot of the the book from the library in there as well. Ooh. Actually, you have the book from the library and next to it is a crystal bowl with the, shatters, the shards of that crystal in it. All right. So I think we wrapped every storyline up that we had going. There was a lot to put in this episode. That was amazing. I feel like it went really well. So thank you. Thank you for humoring me with all the crazy stuff. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So uh, we do have the three questions Quint gets to ask from Mr. or from Strix, who's that's his new super name, and then Kat and Junie. Kind of emotion related, basically. I mean, the fun question here is, what's your worst nightmare? To everybody? Mm-hmm. Oh, so okay. Quint has that in his head. Uh, Got it. Knowing what they're really afraid of. and Okay, come to me last because I need to think about that. All right. So, I mean, I think everybody knows that Judy's worst fear is like killing her friends or something. Mm. Uh, I think it's something related to her... Like having a breakdown and causing a magical explosion and everyone's on the ground. Nice. So I'm picturing like Quint is seeing this visually in his head. So uh, in sort of like a dream state where you see Junie falling to her knees and kind of like exploding in magic and feedback disappearing as it hits them and stuff like that. Like that, that heroes. I I don't think it's disappearing. I think it's, I think it's bodies on the ground, but. (laughs) I like it. I don't, I don't think it's. (laughs) 
It's a lot you know, grosser. End game. <laughs> um, I think because it, it's, uh, I think. Mystic, I don't feel so good. It's reminiscent of um, a scene that we've never really dived into, but um, when she was a kid playing with Noah mm. and hurting him, mm. which was, I've never talked about it, but I think it was like picking him up and dropping him from too high. Nice. I do want to get to that next season too. Yeah. All right, Kat, what about you? Uh, I guess uh, we're art to describe things visually. Rather than just emotionally. Yeah, please. Uh, so for Cat's Worst Nightmare, um, you get a vision of a sort of a luxurious, um, something of incredibly luxurious space somewhere between a temple and a mansion. Um, and you're looking out over um, a landscape that used to be the Rocky Mountains. Uh, but there's obvious signs of like extensive geoengineering um, to break the mountains down and combine them into like one gigantic um, super mountain, essentially. Imagine if like uh, picture Olympus Mons, but on Earth. Um, then you see her turn away from a window and walk towards a large gathering of supervillains and stand next to her mother. Awesome. So I want to run with something, but I'm going to need to run it by you, Siobhan, after the fact. And if I need to redo it, I will. Okay. Uh, but I have an idea. Uh, so for uh, Strix, he... Uh, the vision that you see is you're, you're from the perspective of looking over the back of a flying owl flying through the night over a city. And then it comes and lands on the shoulder of uh, Haraway. And he has his hands out and they've got magical colored fire on all of them. But the fire is running through his veins and up to his eyes that glow black with the magic sparks coming out of it. Ooh, being <laughs> taken over by his magic. Yeah, that's kind of where I want to go with that, if that's cool with you. Yeah, Siobhan. that's cool with me. That's awesome. Cool. It seems like the next direction from getting control to possibly being taken over by. So, oh yeah, that's He's definitely the space that we have. We have. We can play in for sure. And that's that means like it's the, also a threat for Mystic. Yep. So with the end of season one upon us, we're doing a season one post-mortem and Q&A, and I am like so excited about this. Over the course of the next few weeks, we'd love some questions about the show. They can be anything from what's Phantom's favorite song to what goes into making other self-dialogue. Please send us anything you think is relevant. We'd love to answer your questions. We can't promise to get around to all of them, but we'd love to see any that you have. So please send your questions to our email, otherware at loveofnames.com or our Twitter at otherwarepod or our Discord, which you can join by going to discord.loveofnames.com.